This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg with Craig Blumenshine, and it is time to chat with root seller Sue. Sue, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hi, Sue. Hi, Craig. Have you got your plants started yet? Somebody in my household has. No, 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 no. It's too early. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll let her know. Okay, because what happens... I know everybody is anxious, the weather is getting nice, the days are getting longer, the snow is slowly melting into the ground, which is a super big blessing for us all. After so many (laughs) drought seasons. I only hope it doesn't flood me out of my house, but um, hopefully they're watching that. And this slow melt is really the best thing. So I know that there are people out there that have started their plants, And um, there are some that you can start at the beginning of March. Uh, But what I would recommend is going back and checking your diary that you're keeping on your garden, because as I've said before, that is the key here to planting. Um, If you're doing things like parsley or onions, those can go in really early because they are so slow to germinate. But one of the things about planting your seeds way too early is that you have to, A, babysit them, like I do. It's my own fault. (laughs) And then, of course, you you know that when you put them in the ground and they've already started fruiting or blossoming, that you have to cut those off anyway. Because you want all the energy to go into the root when you plant that plant, and then they can bloom when they're good and ready to. So I actually am going to take my own advice this year and not start quite as early as I normally do. Um, Around the 15th of March is when I start my tomatoes and peppers usually, and I might actually hold off a little bit. For some reason, they really like to grow at my house, and last year they they were so unruly. Like, it was just a tangled web of leaves and stuff and I had to prune those suckers back a couple times before I could put them in the garden so what you can do in the meantime though and it's almost just as much fun is prepare 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 to plant in about the middle or end of March one of the things that you can do now I don't know is your is your zone over there in the eastern part of the state the same as the western part or are you guys maybe we're kind of in three four and it's it just sort of depends a little okay because i know the northern tier of the state over on um, anything north of is it highway 200 they're almost in a wholly different zone but i think we got a 4a and a 4b going here from east to west maybe But you want to make sure, if you're listening from some other area, that you get into the zone before you do anything. Um, And then make a little bit of a schedule, which is why that diary, the journal, gardening journal, comes in so handy, is that you can see from year to year when you're planting and what produced well and what seed varieties you want. Now, if you haven't ordered your seeds yet, that's one thing that you might want to do ASAP. As you know, gardening has become really in vogue. And so one of the things that happened there was seed availability has dropped considerably for producers like myself. And B, the price of seeds has gone up. So it's something that you have to like really pay attention to. And I actually buy seeds by the quarter pound or half pound as opposed to the little 25 seed packets and trust me i count to make sure there's <laughs> i know that you do <laughs> so so start with your seed packets you know get your seeds line them up get your list ready if you're smart you can use a spreadsheet if not just a pencil will work too 
Um, but you want to count back from when you're going to plant them actually in your garden the number of weeks it takes for them to be ready to do that. And most of your seed packets will say start indoors six weeks before planting or four weeks before planting. So use that as your guide. And we talked about potting soil. So you, you can get all that ordered and get that all ready, get your, you know, little things, your little buckets filled what do they call little planting pots? I use weird stuff for planting <laughs> pots. So I couldn't think of the word there, but um, make your schedule, you know. And so um, use fresh seed. Like some, you know, we talk many times about whether your seed is viable or not and how to test that. If you're using some old seed, you'll want to do a viability test, which is the same as what you did probably in science school in the fourth grade. And that is you put 10 seeds in a wet paper towel and put them in a wet or put them in a bag so that it stays moist. And if, you know, 50% of them or five of them come up, then you put two seeds in every one of your little seed cells, the word I was looking for a minute ago. And and that way you're sure your chances of one of them coming up is pretty good. But if you're like me and your husband's like, I don't understand why you always plant 200 tomato plants. I say, I don't. I start out with 100. But I can't kill that second one off. So I keep <laughs> moving them over and pretty soon I have 200 tomato plants. So make sure you got good seed. Get your seeds. Now don't get carried away. You know, like, it is so this easy. coming from you. Said the oh gal who has <laughs> hundreds of tomato plants. I know. But, you know, I always have that maybe a little extra land out there I could dig up if that day ever came. But, yeah, I, I sell off mine or give them to my family members if I have extra ones. Um, but, you know, if you have limited space in your garden, be smart about how many seeds you're starting indoors. And when I first started out, I read every organic gardening magazine ever published in the early 80s and I would use you know milk cartons with soil in them or I I tried the eggshell thing one time to start my transplant I used to boil my water so that the the oxygen would be boiled out of it and then cooled off and you use that to water your plants seriously folks you need a a good sterile soil you need little tiny containers you need lots of Water, but not too much water. You know, they have to stay moist when they're germinating. But the the thing that I find that people don't do correctly when they're... Okay, two things, and I'm guilty of 50% of this comment. They <laughs> don't put them under enough light when they get up there out of the surface of the soil. When they get those two little leaves and they're kind of still bent over a little bit trying to pull themselves out of that ground, get them under the light, as much light as possible. If you don't have a grow area like I do, put them on your windowsill and then label them. <laughs> that would oh, be the that. 50% that I suck at. Um, I try. Every year I try to keep them labeled, but as they grow and expand and I'm transplanting them pretty soon I'm like yeah I don't remember I can tell a pepper from a tomato but you know if you're growing broccoli and cabbage those leaves are very similar although broccoli has a deeper green leaf than my cabbage varieties so I struggle with telling the difference I really do 
Well, I had, oh, man, I was watching somebody weed in my garden one day and pull out a prime pepper plant. I'm like, holy crap, what are you doing? Um, do you need an ID chart here or something <laughs> like that? Oh, my That's why I'm never allowed to weed the garden anymore, <laughs> honestly, honestly. Well, that's one way to get yeah. out of it, Craig. <laughs> it's the truth. Um, uh. And don't water from the top. They, the, those little tiny seedlings in particular do not like to be watered from the top. Um, and I do use heat mats underneath those those um, flats because that keeping their little feet warm, they love that. However, don't use your oven with the oven light on if you have a double oven because when you forget they're in the bottom and you put something <laughs> in the top, that's not good for those little plants um, at all. And you don't need a lot of space to start a lot of plants. I have these little 10 by 10 trays that I use that you can get like 50 pepper plants seeded in there and then once they get bigger and root bound then you pick them out and put them in a little bit bigger um, pot and then hopefully that's the last time you have to transplant them but I've been known to have to transplant two times after that because I started them too early oh wow keep that in mind and then they get heavy because you know those Mm -hmm. those six inch pots have a lot of soil and so then you're going through even more soil than what you would normally use um, so water from the bottom, and and the reason this is really really important, watering them from the bottom, you know those roots will find that water even if it's not touching the soil. If you have trays that are setting inside of a second tray, they'll head towards the bottom of that tray, which is a good thing for the roots. But you there's something called damping off that happens before they have four leaves on them. Usually when they have two leaves and a very skinny stalk, if you do not use sterile soil and if you overwater, they're going to girdle right there at the soil line. And by that I mean they just close up and constrict so it cuts off anything going from the roots to the leaves. And so that damping off is just tragic. You know, like there's nothing you can do about it except start your seeds over. It's, it's sad when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing, when you're transplanting those, and people are always looking at me like i nuts when I say this, but don't pick those seedlings up by that stem that's coming out of the ground. Just grab, gently grab one of their leaves. Take a, I use popsicle sticks or skewers and yeah. things. And I loosen that dirt and I lift them out and guide them with my fingers. But they don't like you to touch their stems until they're way, way, way more established. Mm. And really, to get them established, you need really, 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 really good light. And I know you can go out and buy some very expensive grow lights, but it's so simple to buy these $10 shop lights and use a cool fluorescent and a warm fluorescent bulb, which kind of is almost the same as daylight. And then put them down, because fluorescent tubes don't get hot like a ear. Is it incandescent light bulb? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you put them down really close next to the soil when you're first starting. And then when they when you can see them popping up, you just lift those lights ever. Just stay right on top of them mm. the whole time. But do those lights have the UV rays that we read about that we want? Absolutely. I have been using shop lights my entire life. That's to a grow money plants. saver right there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those grow lights are really expensive. And you just don't gain anything. That's surprising. Um, Good tip. So what I do then is if I'm, you know, once I get them 
established a little bit. Then I put them on a on a bookshelf, and I have the the fluorescent lights on the shelf above them, and they have chains on them. And then I wrap that bookcase or that shelf with some leftover plastic from the high tunnels, and it keeps them warm, mm. especially if you have a germination mat in there. And those are fairly inexpensive. You can get a good-sized mat from um, Runnings or Menards for probably 20 bucks. And trust me, it's really, really worth it, especially if you have a house that fluctuates in temperature, you know, mm-hmm. like forced air heat, they're cold, they're hot. I miss my hot water heat house really bad this time of year. But, um, yeah, so then that way you keep kind of a plastic tent over them, and they'll love you for it. They will um, thrive as long as you get that light there. And the sooner that light hits that green, the better, you know, when they come out of the ground. Do you want the lights on 24 hours a day? um, You do not have to do that. I do because... It's just too hard to go in there and turn them off before I go to bed. <laughs> you can put them on a timer. Um, I would say eight to ten hours a day probably would be good enough. So, But I think fluorescent doesn't use a lot of electricity, and there's a little, you know, they have those new plastic ones. They're not even glass anymore, so they're they're safer than they used to be fluorescent tubes are. so mm-hmm. And you get those in multiple sizes, those shop lights. So if you don't have a lot of room, you still should be able to set up some little corner somewhere. You save so much money growing your own transplants. Plus, you can do so many different varieties that you're not going to find at a store. Sure. So let's say you want to grow four different types of tomatoes, but you only have room for six or eight plants or maybe even a dozen and you have to buy them in six packs. You can't use all those tomatoes, but by growing your own, you can really, really hone down your garden and grow exactly what you want. We check in with root seller Sue, Sue Balcom, once a week for food and gardening tips. And you can always check out her blog at therootsellers.com. And that is S E L L E R S. Sue, thank you. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, guys. Just remember, you can't eat without a garden. You know, the two go together hand in hand. Sure nice to think about a garden, too, right now, isn't it? Oh, isn't it, though? Thank you, guys.